This is the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Chuck's out of here as your acting commissioner throughout this process. Uh, the Houston Texans are next on the clock to make a selection with pick 22 in the first round of the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft. Heading up the Texans this year, we have Dan Syed of Syed Schemes as well as a contributor to Inside the Pylon. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Great to be on for the Texans. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's get a quick introduction for the rest of your team. Who do you have making the selection with you? Sounds good. So, at def- defensive coordinator, uh, I have my brother Sean Syed. Uh, at the offensive coordinator spot, I have my other brother Harris Syed. And in the uh, head coach spot, I have my cousin Emsal Hassan. And uh, all these guys have grown up with, learned football with. I uh, talked football with them all my life. They helped me with my uh, science games and inside the pile and stuff. So very knowledgeable guys and excited to be uh, in the in the war room with them. All right. Well, you've got a chance to uh, make a pretty big pick here for the Texans. And as of right now, you have 15 minutes, and the Houston Texans are officially on the clock. All righty, Sean. Let's talk uh, defense first. Uh, so, you know, pre pre-draft, we looked at some D-tackles, some D-ends, and a, a couple of guys that we had ranked pretty high are still on the board. So talk to me about Sean Robinson, Reed, maybe even Butler here. What are you thinking? All right, so for the top of the list, we have to say right now is Sean Robinson. He came in at 6'3", 307, has a really good reach. We saw him pretty versatile on tape. We can stuff him at the nose. He could also play 3-4 D-end on both sides. You know, I've seen him play pretty well in big games, but one thing that's happened to me a little bit is just his lack of effort on some plays. But, you know, I think having him around Wolfork and Watt is really going to drive his motor up. Um, you know, his, his production wasn't always there, but he just has elite intangibles. His upside is, is definitely pretty high, and you can see some flashes on tape where we hope he's, he could be a lot more consistent. We think he has a lot higher ceiling than he's shown. Um, after... Ashawn, one of his buddies from Alabama, Jerron Reed. Uh, Reed played a little more nose. He's a, he's a big run stuffer. You know, one of my worries about Reed is he's a little bit less versatile than Ashawn, but he, has, he does have a lot better motor. Uh, you know, he also has a DUI arrest on his record. That does, does get us a little worried, but he can be a two-gap player and stuff, stuff the nose and let guys like push, push and get some tackles on behind him. Um, one okay. other guy that I want to take a look at is Robert Kandichi from Ole Miss. You know, he's, he's just a freak athlete. When you actually, the Ole Miss Alabama game, when you're watching the other side of the ball, he's the first guy that you're going to notice. He, he's a little bit undisciplined, you know, and he's, he's weak against pass blockers that can really set themselves well on the ground. But he's someone that we do have to think about, even despite his off field issues. Okay. So of Reed and Robinson, right? Who do you think is more ready to contribute now versus higher ceiling down the road? And I guess that's – who do you think is a safer pick versus um, – you know, I think both of these guys have high floors, but who do you think has the higher ceiling? Yeah, at this point, I definitely think it's Ashawn. Ashawn, we can plug him in on day one. He can be a contributor next to Watt and Wilfork. You know, he can spell Watt a little bit even so Watt doesn't have to play – every down and uh our problem with reed is he he does come off the field a lot on third down and from our first round guy if we're going to take a chance here we can't 
afford a guy that's going to be off the field on third down. Um, you know, if we're thinking about just the guy that we want to get to replace Vince Wolfork right now, it would have to be Reed. But for the long term, and even for production right away, Ashawn Robinson is going to be our guy between those two. Okay. Any consideration of, um, I know our third guy probably for D-tackles would be Butler and one of our highest safeties on the board, Keanu Neal of Florida. Any consideration for them at this spot? You know, Keanu Neal, he's a, a little bit slower than I would like to see, but he is a tackling machine. He does take wasted steps a little bit when he's coming downhill, and he's gotten lost a little bit on the deep ball. So just for, for those reasons, I wouldn't reach too far down for him yet. You know, I like our signings at safety. Um, Anton Andrews, even though he's coming off that Achilles, we're hoping that he can get healthy. So I would definitely have to lean ourselves towards the D-line. Okay. All right. Now, what do you think about this? This is a deeper D-line draft. We have a lot of guys ranked together. So I guess my uh, – do you think that at 52 or 84, we could get a player that is just as highly ranked um, here, uh, I guess your thoughts on that, and then to, to conclude, who are your top two guys on D? Yeah, you know, I, I do think that this is this is a lot deeper of a D line draft. Uh, some guy that that comes out to me a lot has been Andrew Billings. Uh, he played D tackle over at Baylor, and he was a great blend of power and quickness and. You can just see it on tape. He's so difficult to block. And his, one, the better thing about him is his motion is always on. So that's, that was really fun to watch on tape. So this is a, what, what about, is a what chance. about Butler? Vernon Butler, he lined up at after three and five techs a lot. But on passing downs, he actually moved to the nose. You know, he, he was fun to see how quick he played. But it was sometimes he, he, gets, he gets people get up on his body a little bit too easily. Um, you know, okay. I would I would rank him a little bit lower than than Robinson and Reed, but he's definitely a guy to consider a little a little bit later. All right, sounds good. We're going to move over to the offensive side of the ball. All right, Harris at OC. Um, we talked about all this off season. You know, playmakers, 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 and now that we have our quarterback, um, you know, set, and we signed Lamar Miller uh, in the off season. Uh, who are your top playmakers here to help out our offense? All right. So, uh, Dan, number one, uh, definitely heartbreaking to see uh, my two guys already off um, of the board in uh, Doxon and Treadwell. But uh, with what remaining, um, number one, um, I mean, look no further than the Blatnikoff winner, uh, best receiver in the nation last year uh, from Baylor, Corey Coleman. Uh, he's a small guy, 5'11", uh, 194, but he ran a 4.37 at his pro day, which means, hey, you put him on an NFL field, right away he's one of the, the fastest guys. Uh, a trait that I like him is his productivity. He was, uh, his tr- as a true freshman, he caught uh, 35 balls for 5.27 yards and two touchdowns, and that just shows me, I mean, making the transition from high school as a true freshman, he was productive, so that lets me know, hey, once you, you know, make, make him go through the transition from college to the pros, uh, you know, I would, I would be encouraged to see, uh, him do well his first year. Um, you know, this past year um, had 74 catches, uh, 1363 yards, and 20 touchdowns. That's that's not a mistake. 20 touchdowns um, from a small guy. Um, explosiveness is always a concern, but uh, you know he had a 40 and a half inch vertical, so you can tell he's not going to have an issue with that. Um, you know, he has versatility. He could be a punt returning, kick returning guy. 
Um, you know, the quality that I always like to use with receivers is a 50-50 guy. Can he win the 50-50 ball? And he's a guy who can win the 50-50 ball. And not only that, but, you know, really blaze past uh, the defense. Um, a concern for him is, for one, he had a big drop percentage last year at 11.9%. Um, I would be a little concerned of, you know, how he can go over the middle and, you know, make sure he's coming down with uh, catches between linebackers and safeties. Uh, he's just coming off a sports hernia surgery, which could be, um, a concern going forward, and um, he, he, I think he does need a little um, development in his um, intermediate routes. Uh, the next thing is just on tape. Um, you know, if you watch a lot of his highlights, um, he's wide open in a lot of these things, and you know that's good to see that he's really fast. Uh, but I'm just concerned. You know, once things get a little muddier, and uh, you know, you might see him with a little more traffic. Is he going to be able to, uh, you know, hold on to everything? Um, okay. Uh, next guy, I would look. Um, uh, for is uh, Will Fuller from Notre Dame. Um, he same thing clocked in at four three two forty. So or for in the four threes, you know right away he's going to be a blazer, right? Um, and if you just look at us last year as, as a team, um, we had our staff as quarterbacks at six point six yards per attempt, which puts us in the in the bottom five of the entire league. And uh, we really need to look to stretch the field, and Will Fuller would be a perfect guy to do that. Um, over twenty five percent of his catches last year were over twenty five yards. Um, you know, he's great at tracking the ball over both shoulders on the sideline on vertical routes. Uh, he's good with the ball in his hands. You see him catch a lot of um, bubbles, a lot of short routes, and, you know, setting up a lot of tunnel screens. Um, you know, he has good wiggle and quickness uh, to get off press, and he's been super productive, um, you know, over 1,000 yards the last two years, uh, 14 and 15 touchdowns. Um, the only thing I don't like about him is, uh, you know, his physical, he had eight and a quarter inch hands, which uh, I actually have eight and a quarter inch hands. So, um, you know, that's not super encouraging to see. Uh, as an NFL receiver. Uh, Seven he, minutes he's remaining. Really, he's really boom or bust. Uh, you know, feature famine guy. He's not much of a run blocker, and I would be a little worried about him uh, working underneath. Um, then the last last guy I would want to bring up is uh, Sterling Shepard um, uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, this guy, I think he could be dominant right away out of the slot. He rarely drops balls. Uh, characteristic that I like that in high school he was a great basketball player and a great long jumper. So lets me know that hey he's a he's a guy who can go up and get balls uh, at five ten he had a forty one inch vertical and uh, most NFL receivers we want to see high thirties so he's he's way above that uh, he adjusts the ball okay. really well and this guy rarely 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 drops the ball I mean he had uh, two fifty three catches with only eight drops uh, he has a football pedigree his dad played wide receiver at Oklahoma uh, he's a really quick dude I mean I would be concerned that he gets beat up by bigger guys but uh, you know I think we we would have him, you know, working in the slot. Um, another concern, I know we talked about how, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler not necessarily known to be the most accurate guy. Uh, Shepard doesn't really have a big catch radius, but he's a guy who can kind of work underneath in the slot. Okay. All right. No, I, I like that. So, you know, I agree with you that Fuller's, I think to an extent Coleman too, uh, not one-trick ponies, but the inability to run the full route free, I think hurts us. Um, and then the drops for, Fuller, one uh, last thing before I get your top two guys to consider. Um, do you think drafting a receiver in round one affects Jalen Strong's development at all? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't think so, just because um, I think Jalen Strong just kind of had issues with just being a professional. I mean, I think everyone saw on uh, Hard Knocks, um, you know, he had issues just with his focus, concentration, running routes. I mean, if you look at his college tape, even if his highlights in the NFL – uh, he's like a Hail Mary catcher, you know. I mean, he comes down with big balls. He's a difference maker. I think it's um, just more of a maturity thing with him. But I think, you know, being in, having an entire offseason with us, I don't think that's going to hurt him. 
Um, but just from our receivers' point of view, I mean, De- DeAndre Hopkins last year had 192 targets, and that was 31% of our targets. The next guy was Nate Washington with 94. Um, I think we kind of have to, you know, not really worry about Jalen Strong. We have to get a guy who can, you know, be productive as a wide receiver and not necessarily worry about that. Okay. All right. We're going to move to uh, head coach and Saul. Um, so who, who are your top two guys here to consider? You know, fit, scheme, what we're trying to do, everything. Who do you, who do you like on the board here best? On the defensive side, I'm a big fan of uh, versatility uh, for my D linemen. Uh, I like them to play multiple positions. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of Jaron Reed. Um, I think he's very limited in what he can do. He's uh, stout against the run, uh, but he doesn't do much else. Uh, on the other hand, Sean Robinson and uh, Vernon Butler can both play uh, the three and the five or wherever you need to put them. So while Sean Robinson has limited pass rushing potential, I think that's what J.J. Watt's for. That's what Jadavian Clowney's for. So either one of those two would be a good pick. Um, I also, um, strangely enough, uh, I think there's a lot of potential in um, Robert Kandice. Um As long as you keep him away from the bad elements, which unfortunately turns out to be his brother, uh, I think you can get Vince Wilfork, J.J. Watt, Brian Cushing. You can get them to set a good example and make, you know, the Patriot way. Uh, and he'll fall on the line. He's talented enough. I, I, he reminds me a lot of Richard Seymour and you can never have enough Richard Seymour's on your team. Um, yeah, you know, the, office, yeah, go ahead. Tough, you know, guys with, uh, you know, we see Martavis and Manzel and things like that. It's tough. The talent's undeniable, but the character concern definitely is, uh, definitely is an issue. It, it, what are you, what are you thinking about? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it has a lot to do with your organization from the top down. And I like to think we have a very strong organization in Houston that will keep them in line. Uh, that's true. All right, we got two minutes left about, I think. And what do you what do you think on offensive side of the ball before uh, making your, your recommendation? Uh, our defense was really good. Uh, we're in dire need of some offensive help. Um, I agree we need some explosiveness at the wide receiver position and at the running back position. Uh, but I'm not willing to uh, gamble with my first-round pick on a wide receiver that, that I'm not completely 100% sold on. I'm not sold on Will, on Will Fuller. Um, Best-case scenario, he turns into Emmanuel Sanders. And Brock Osweiler had really good chemistry with Sanders last year, so that is what you strive for him to be. However, looking at his measurables, um, looking at what he was asked to do, uh, I'm really not too sold on him. He's uh, a little undersized for me, small hands. Uh, for a guy that fast, his vertical doesn't really match that kind of explosiveness. Uh, he might be good at running, you know, simple routes, uh, fly patterns, that sort of thing, but can he do anything else? Two minutes and remaining. It would be, nice, be nice if he could take the, the top <clears throat> off the defense, but uh, I'm not confident uh, in his ability to do that. It might take him a couple of years to develop, uh, and if he were to develop, it'd be a contract year, and do you sign a guy like that for a second contract? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. You know what? I think that we need playmakers, but I think at 52 or 84, if Shepard is still on the board, I think that's, that's a good look there. I think for now, um, we have to get the best player available. Uh, we have to get value 
Uh, and, you know, I, I would pick MDJ in a second if it weren't for the, uh, you know, the character concerns. And if Dawson or Treadwell, I think, were on the board here, I think I'd have no problem um, pulling the trigger on a receiver. But I'm just, I'm just not sold on Coleman or Fuller being complete players. I know Coleman gives you some return game upside, but I don't think that's enough to, um, I don't think that's enough to tilt uh, the balance. So, would you think Ashawn would be your number one guy then? Yeah, I'd have to go with Ashawn because guys like Fuller, Coleman, uh, you know, like I said, Fuller's comparable to Emmanuel Sanders, who's a third round pick. It's comparable to Deshaun Jackson, who's a second round pick, or T.Y. Hilton, who's a third round pick. I think you can get a guy like that in the second or third round, but you don't want to. You don't want to be wasting a first round pick on that kind of guy. One minute remaining. Yeah. No, no, I, I definitely. Uh, and then two in there. Hey, uh, Harris, uh, bringing back the OC for a sec, just before we, we make this pick, um, are you you're okay going defense here? I know we talked about uh, yeah, Dan. <laughs> Dan, I really yeah. agree. I mean, with, with Doxon and Treadwell off the board, um, I would be concerned going one of these guys in the first round. I agree with what you said. All right, Sean, you, you'll, you'll get your wish then. We're ready to make our pick, Chuck. Please announce your selection for uh, the draft. We are going to pick the versatile uh, defensive lineman from Alabama, Ashawn Robinson. And he heard it there. Ashawn Robinson, defensive lineman from Alabama, heading to the Houston Texans with the 22nd pick in the first round. Dan, uh, once again, thank you to you and your team for joining us. Really do appreciate it here today. Thank you very much. We're going to head over now to Mark Schofield and Shane Alexander for a quick breakdown and a little bit more info on this pick. Shane, another uh, defensive lineman off the board here, Ashawn Robinson, uh, going to the Houston Texans. What do you make of this pick? I personally really like it. I know that there's sort of a, a blowback on Ashawn Robinson as a top prospect in this class, but I still have him top 15 on my board, and uh, I think he feels a need. He's he's a really high-floored guy, and you look with J.J. Watt and, and uh, Whitney Merciless and Brian Cushing and Jadevian Clowney, Houston wants to get after the quarterback you can let Ashawn Robinson stay at home in two-gap is either a five-technique or slide him inside all the way up until, I think, straight nose tackle on sub-packages. He can be the guy that just eats up blocking run defenders. And I also think he's more athletic than given credit for. Uh, if he needs to get after the quarterback, he can. He was asked to really just two-gap and, and be a guy that was basically a human wall at Alabama. I think there's more to his game that he's got to, sh- got to show. Excuse me. Um, this really rounds out Tex, uh, the Houston Texans' front seven. I think it's a great pick. It's a better pick on the football field than it will be at the press conference, but winning football games is all that matters. Mark, taking a look at this Texans' defense, I'm going to read off the number of points they allowed uh, over the second half of the season. 6, 6, 17, 6, 21, 6, uh, or 27, I'm sorry, 10, 6, 6. I mean, it's... We're talking about a defense that had already kind of gelled and turned into one of the elite ones over the second half of last year. Now you add a guy like this to the mix. Talk to me about what he allows them to do to get even better. Well, what's interesting, and I'm curious to see, you know, if this ends up happening actually, you know, how you would use him because he was a guy that in Alabama's scheme, 
you talk about the idea of scouting the traits, not the scheme. He was basically asked to occupy blockers, occupy space, keep the linebackers behind him, Reggie Ragland and others, like free and clear. Well, he can obviously do that. I mean, he can occupy space in this defense and let that linebacking core of Cushion and Clowney and other guys make plays behind him, you know, occupy some blockers and perhaps get J.J. Watt free on the edge. You know, I'm curious to see in this, this defensive front, if he's let go, if he's allowed to just go and make plays and get after the ball carrier as well, I think he can do that. I think he's got the you know natural physical ability to do that. So when you've got you know Watt, Clowney off the edges, Robinson on the inside, you've got Cushion behind him. I mean, again, that's and I've said it before about other picks, but that's a recipe for stopping the run and getting after the passer. Shane, with the depth on this uh, D line that you have there, is this a situation where you may see him as a rotational player to begin the year and building into a bigger role as you go through sixteen weeks? Maybe so, probably so. I think he would uh, man the left defensive end position fairly quickly in the base setting. But you know, we talk about this every every pick that we do. Base is so little played now in the NFL with it being a passing league. There's mm-hmm. so much sub package. You know, he may back up Vince Wilfork for a little bit, but um, I would say by the end of the year, you know, this guy's going to be a guy that's playing a lot of downs on the defensive line and projecting forward when they move on from Wilfork. Um, he can play, like I say, the interior, or I think he'd be a really good run-stopping five technique opposite J.J. Watt. Very good. Sean Robinson off the board here again at number 22 to the Houston Texans. Shane Alexander and Mark Schofield are your draft analysts that you just heard from. Make sure you follow them on Twitter. Tomorrow, we're heading up to Minnesota. What are the Vikings going to do in the draft in order to help bounce back from a devastating playoff loss? Tune in tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Mock War Room Draft.